Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. We are back once again, Season 7, Episode 12. My name is George, I'm here with Sean. Hello, Sean. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, Georgie George. How are you? I am amazing. Good. (laughs) I'm here with John. Hello, John. Hello, George. Your name on our podcast login is No to Komen. Yeah. (gasps) Because I think Sean... Sean, More of that later. Sean has put it out there that we should be getting him, so I disagree. And Nigel is here. Hello, Nigel. Are you in your shed? Nigel? Turn me mic on. I'm in my shed. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> out. Oh, dear. I must have looked a right plum doing that to myself. Yeah. Great start. <laughs> uh, so let's kick off with the the Brighton match obviously we were all there um, on Friday Night Football um, Optimistic found the supporters club the new supporters club um, Nigel John and myself and a nice couple of beers and then it all went downhill from there didn't it can I ask a question about the supporters club first I don't want it. to be unfair was it just you and the two swans that there were because the picture I saw was like two of you with two swans was it? well we did get there it wasn't busy early, to be honest we were in there by what, about half five, George, was it? Something like that. Quarter six. Yeah, six, nearly six o'clock. It wasn't busy, but you know there was quite a few people in there. But I think you know we'll get busier. Yeah. There's more people how, here about. How, how was the beer and uh, the service? Could could you rate it? Uh, the beer was good. I had a couple of pints of Guinness. Prices. Um, rate it out of what? Well, how was the prices? £3.50 yeah. a pint. Yeah, it wasn't expensive. Yeah. Did you have one of the famous four-pint jugs? No. no. I did have a burger, though, and it was delicious. Excellent. It right. was, it was, well, I, it was good. It was closer than we thought as well. We found our way the long way round following a phone map. But when we come out of there, we followed Nigel, because uh, he's the local lad, and he brought us... Uh, we were straight there, really quick to the stadium, to be fair. Uh, wasn't it Nigel who sent you the phone map to get there in the first place? Yeah, yeah it was. That was really, really helpful, yeah. We went, it's just over the canal. Well, it so was. How'd you get there? How'd you get there? Walk. Follow the yeah, canal path. Swim. Yes. It was good. Anyway, we're so let's move, let's, let's move on night. to the football, shall we? If we have to. Uh, we all know the result was 3 0. How was it? Oh. Sean, what, what did you think of the game? Well, I mean, we were all up for it. And, and I, like many other people, believed that, you know, we were going to we were gonna walk it. You know, one, two, even three nil. Um, and we just didn't turn up, did we? I mean, uh, well, the fans turned up in their 
in their droves and, and I thought the atmosphere was going in the first, you know, we were singing bubbles, the bubbles were flying in the air, that wonderful atmosphere on a, a lovely winter's night and nine minutes. Autumn. They score. Autumn night. They score. And and, and I wrote a blog about this on uh, Clarence and Hugh afterwards. I, I thought it was one of the most toxic evenings I've spent at the London Stadium. I saw... I mean, this is, I'm going to just show you the stuff off the pitch before we get back onto the pitch. I saw West Ham fan turn on West Ham fan, and that's in, in our block in 113 because I was down with the kids on, on row four. I saw that um, twice uh, in the first half. Then then I went at half-time up to the, the back of 114. The police were there. They'd arrested a man. Again, some kind of incident. Um, at, at the second goal, um, obviously, that, that was before half-time. On the third goal... It then started going off in Club London in the in the corporate hospitality area right next to the director's box, um, and that was it. Uh, you know, we we I took my kids out of there, and, and you two joined. I know I know Nigel's going to say he stayed to the bitter end, but I just thought enough's enough. It was probably one of the worst evenings I've ever spent uh, spent at a London Stadium. I don't mind saying that live on there, um, John. And and the football. I mean, what can you say about the football? No one was playing with pride. No one was playing for, with passion. We just let them walk all over us. We we did play. I will give us one thing. After we had a period of time, after the first goal went in, in until the second goal went in, where we really seemed to be putting some, some passes together, but the final ball wasn't yeah. there. And, and and I just kept on thinking, we're going to score in a minute. I kept on saying to my son Finley, we're going to score in a minute. You look, we're going to get the equaliser. As soon as that, that second goal went in, which I understand you two, George and John, missed because they were watching some locals being shoved around in, in a row below them. So that was another piece of trouble. Um, <laughs> that was it. We had the stuffing knocked out of us and we gave up. Um, I don't, I think Slavin Bilic has lost the dressing room. I don't think they're playing for him. Um, you know, Sacco, what, who knows, you know, what, what in the run up to that, whether Sacco was. Well, it's his back again, um, and his back's never really gone or got better. But some people say, you know, he doesn't like Billich. He, he, you know, some would go further and say he hates him. And um, some would say he's, 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 he pulled a sickie. Um, but, I mean, who knows what's gone? I mean, Ogbonna, his baby, liked a Billich out tweet. I mean, what are the chances of that? I mean, I, I mean what can you say that's positive about... Friday night and, and to cap it off Billich saying I don't know what went wrong I'm going to take full responsibility I just I, I'm, I was speechless speechless John John I reckon you've got a positive off Friday night what was that then <laughs> the supporters club no what were they selling behind the bar oh yeah <gasps> oh you're right yeah well we didn't couldn't say that straight away because they were normally selling it around the corner weren't they in 113 but they actually sailed behind the main bar. They were selling IPA and Murphy's. So yeah, that was. I think you should. I think you should thank someone live. I think you should thank someone live on air. I'd like to thank, thank Sean. No, I'd... no, I want you to thank who actually sorted <laughs> it out for you. You did. You, you you made a complaint to um old Brady, who then put you in touch with the people, and then they. I want you to thank Karen Brady live on air. I'm not thanking her for doing something that she should have done ages ago. She sorted out eight bitters behind the bar for our bar just for you, John. Be yeah, a man well, and say thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> thank you for your efforts. <laughs> still not doing. Nigel, anyway. did you see? Did, Nigel, did you see the on the pitch antics any differently to how Sean covered it? Um, the players for me <clears throat> were shockingly pathetic. Um, it it leads me to question when people talk about the players playing for a manager oh the manager's lost the players he's got to go when does professional pride kick in a professional footballer knows how to play football if they're good enough they know when to go out there If sometimes if they don't agree with the, what the manager's saying I know when I'm at work if I don't agree with what the manager's saying I'll do it my way if I think my way's right so if they think Billich is wrong, go out there and do it differently and show him that he's wrong. 
because they need to look at themselves seriously, seriously. It was just lacking everywhere across the pitch in effort and pride. They're not there to play for Billets. They're there to play for West Ham United Football Club and the supporters yeah. that pay good money to watch it. That's what they're there for. The Billets is just the conductor of an orchestra. An orchestra watches a conductor, but they know how to play. They, they don't realistically need him. Good analogy. You know, get out there and play bloody football, and that's what you're paid to do by the club. And it's nothing to do with Billich. It's down to the players. And if if they're playing like that because they don't want to play for Billich, then shame on them for being like that. That's yeah, the way yeah. I see it. That's, that's what Nigel thinks. No, I think I agree with quite a lot of that, to be honest. I think other than, like Sean said, after the first goal, before the second, you know, we did look like we could score. I thought Lanzini in particular was trying hard to create something out of nothing, but uh, we failed to capitalise at that time and they got us back. John, anything to add? Yeah, I think um, Antonio looked like he got injured and took it took his game out of him. Um, yeah, I agree with that, but I would also stay say that, you know, when I was saying that they're not playing for him or they, they should play for their own pride and stuff, they you got to bear in mind that these this generation of footballers are overpaid, overrated and over sort of pampered like children, aren't they? So if they all decide to throw their toys out of the pram, it's very difficult, I think, to keep them in line. But that's what it looked like to me. It looked like players were just not wanting to play. And I think Arnautovic was a prime example of that. He was awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look look at the thing he came out with. I don't know if you saw the interview before before the game, how he didn't care if people booed him. He was out to prove people wrong and they hadn't seen the best of him yet. And he wanted his children to be proud of him and all, all this bollocks. And I, I didn't see... <laughs> I didn't see any kind of performance from him. He's all talk. He's got the attitude, but he doesn't seem to to um, back it up. And, you know, on paper, you've got a really good squad there. So what is it? I mean, I know Billage said he can't put his finger on it. I can't put it my finger on it. Is it just that they don't want to play for him? Or is or is it something else that... I don't know. Nigel, you're, you, you're a... You're a soothsayer. You're a. Uh, 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 <laughs> you can see these. What is it? What is it that Billage can't get out of this team, this squad that, that on paper it looks really good? Confidence? Perhaps it's lack of confidence. I think there's a difference, not so much in the results, but in the performances. If you take the Burnley performance, which was only seven days before that, six days before the, the, the Brighton game. Look at the way West Ham played. Every blogger and everybody else I see um, making a prediction, even we did, even I did, we're going oh, 3-0 West Ham, 2-0 West Ham, we're going to do these Brighton. We, we did that off of the back of watching the Burnley game, where with 10 men, we were still a team playing that had a few chances to attack. What happened in that week to, to do that? that we go from the Burnley performance to the Brighton performance and whether it's a toxic atmosphere at the stadium I don't know because we went 1-0 down after 9 minutes whether it's the nervousness perhaps where they've got a freedom when they play away from home there's lots of rumours about the, the training and the fitness and the and the intensity of the training do you think that could be Getting worse and creeping in. No, I don't. I don't buy that. Footballers turn up. What do they train? Hour and a half a day. Yeah. Four times a week. But but I hear I hear no. that you know people turn up late. People are given special dispensation. There there is a mentality of being very relaxed at, at Rush Green. Is is what but I said. But this is the thing. You get play. You get clubs where a manager comes in and he's a disciplinarian. Like oh, Koeman is a disciplinarian. Oh yeah, what, he is. Yeah. To him? Right, that's so, what we need that's so what we need we need we need a little bit of tough love here so people going oh billich is too soft billich is that when, when for me when i was a manager i, I tried to the people i work with i wanted to get along with them because you all had to work together and you'd I'd 
like to think I led from the front, and like, if we were staying late, we all stayed late, and you get that team spirit. If you if there is special dispensations going on, the players can turn up a bit later, then that will fester in some people. Knock people. Yeah, yeah. but if he, he can't be so soft because he falls out with, you know, how many stories have you heard of players he's falling out with? Well, I so. don't buy that. To be fair, I don't buy that. The, the the worst thing at the moment for me with the club is all this, and you're part of it in a way, Sean. What you do is <gasps> all these stories that come out. <gasps> every it seems like every hour everybody's trying to push an agenda, and this is what's making the club as much as the circus as everything. I don't know if other clubs have it because I don't follow other clubs. I only follow West Ham. Can I, can I but, tell you the real reason we lost on then. Friday night? The Clarence Hugh flag was not put up oh, in West there you go. Shall I tell you another reason why we got such a toxic atmosphere? <laughs> yeah, it's the big not, weren't I mean, Yeah, well, it, yeah, the to- toxic... I mean, it wasn't toxic at the beginning of the game, was it? To be no. fair, it was a no. lively... You know, everyone had obviously had a couple of beers. It was a Friday night and everyone was up for it. But, you know... The whole thing from top to bottom, even the even the stadium is set up. They don't even really want us there. We had this discussion there on the night, Sean. Do you remember? We talked about even mm. even the why they set it all up all around the, the ground. It's all about welcome to this stadium, music events, yeah. and then sport tucked in after it. They don't, you know, yeah. it, the whole f- place is not very welcoming. It's not a nice experience for a game of football. It puts everyone in a, it gives people the ump. And I mean, we need a winning team to change that round. It's the only way. But there's yeah, so yeah. much. I mean, but there's so honest, much crap the going on, isn't there, between the club yeah. and the stadium, and the, the the progress doesn't seem to be being made on that front. And the way the club is run from top to bottom is just it is. I mean, it looks to me like amateur hour. And if we are going but, to talk but about, they did have bitter. They did have bitter beyond the bar, though. John. Oh, they did. They did, Sean. And thank you for that. But <laughs> I, did you have I to was... queue? By one question: Did you have to queue coming over Bridge Four? Because I did, by the way, with the kids. Did you have to queue for uh, to we get didn't, the security? We, no, we did Bridge Two, didn't we? Because we went to the supporters club. All right, empty. But don't tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, can you uh, introduce this next part, please? Uh, before that, I just want to ask one question to Nigel. Oh, Nigel, yes. why don't you host the bloody podcast then? No, I'm just going to ask him this because I wanted to ask it, but I didn't want to interrupt. Nigel, as one of the Sabtu and one of the founders of Hughes View, how come you stayed to like 11 o'clock at the London Stadium, last man out, and, uh, and, and then did a cameo appearance on West Ham Fan TV? You must love the place. <laughs> it's, uh, it does seem that way. Yeah, love it. Uh, no, we just I, I like it actually when everybody leaves early because it gets you out of my way. Because so, I do like to stay to the end. We came out, um, waited by the away fans to leave. We could hear all the Brighton fans singing. Got told by a steward, believe it or not, it's going to be an hour to two hours. You're better off walking the other way. And I totally ignored him. Went, don't think so, mate. And five minutes later, they opened the doors. But I enjoy watching the uh, West Ham fan TV people. Um, have their say because it, I, I tried to see if I can pick anything up from my funny videos, but they, they weren't. You should. Have, you were. You were in the background doing I, your. I did your that on purpose, which... yeah, because that was my mate Mike who was talking. So I thought if I stand here and do the wimpiest little crossed hammers I can, because I hate that when people do that with their arms. I know you do. That's that's my point. You hate yeah. people doing crossed hammers. We put this video. George, should we put this video up on the Facebook group so everyone can see it? But I'll just to, do it with little fingers. <laughs> to be fair, Sean, we weren't we weren't going to leave. We were going to go and have a drink afterwards and wait for that barrier to come down. So we, yeah. when we were leaving and you were leaving, we were going to go and get a beer and wait for the barrier to come down. We got it to the bar. Bar shut. Bar shuts ten minutes after half time. So, there you go. I thought they were supposed to stay open after Especially the Especially the late bars. Yeah, that's what we thought. That's what we thought. Yeah. Well, they don't seem to do it, particularly on a night game. The other question I want to ask Nigel... Yeah, again, no consistency. You never know where um, you are, I where heard, you're coming or going. I heard he met up with a uh, friend of the podcast, Leon Hyde, ex-West Ham DJ, and they had a little bit of an altercation on, on the train home. What happened there, Nigel? 
just a bit of pushing and shoving, that's all. I told Leon to stop Don't want to say anymore. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll put him in his place, don't worry. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Nothing of the sort. It was just a West Ham fan got into an altercation with a very, very tall person. And uh, we just tried to say, look, people, calm it down. It's, it's a packed train. That's all. But isn't this West Ham, and this is what I said earlier, West Ham fans turning on West Ham fans? I don't think the very, very tall person was a West Ham fan. Oh, right. Okay. He was a local. He was an Arsenal fan then, he could, if he was local. He, he, he didn't really, he, he didn't have anything that distinguished any football club. He just looked like a man that was pissed off. Right. Well, he could have been a West Ham fan then. Hey. <laughs> hey. Okay, well, Sean, going back to you the ready? running order. You ready now? Yeah. Sure, sure. Let's hear what the soon-to-be ex-gaffer has to say. Oh, jeez. Slaven, what's your reaction to that result and, in particular, that performance? It's a bad result for us, bad performance. Uh, the goals killed us. Uh, the first one very quick and in between between uh, first and second goal, we were, we were dominating in those moments where we were good in the end of the first half. We... We conceded the second one from from like individual skill from their player, and uh, we tried to come back. But you know, it's very hard for me to say anything clever now. Mm, apart from the thing that it's very disappointing and frustrating, and of course, as a manager, I take the full full responsibility for that. You take the responsibility, mm. but did some of your players let you down tonight with their application? Okay, come on. We all wanted, you know, it, it happened to us a few times also last season and now uh, at the moment that you are thinking we are in a good shape, we are in a good form and all that, we need those. Uh, and we had home game like 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 tonight with the greatest respect to them. Uh, I think now is the game that, that we're going to climb up the table, get three points and, and then not start the season but play with less negative pressure. It, we 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 simply don't do it. You know, the players done their best in this moment, but it wasn't it wasn't good enough. The worrying thing is that obviously you've seen this happen before, yeah. and the easy question is why is it happening? What's going wrong? It just uh, we we block. Okay, tonight uh, you start the game and you are you are with a good confidence and good shape. Suddenly it's one deal for them. It affects you. It it gives them a boost. And then, as I said in the first half, we we played good football and uh, and then we concede another one. And uh, that affects the game that you play. And uh, to be fair, we were dominating the game, but uh, very sterile. You know. On the contrary, they were in all the situations that they had to expose the, the the space that they had because we were losing, we were trailing, and we wanted to, and we had to take the risk. Of course, uh, they were they were kind of a little, you know, and they used that in the in best possible way for them. Why does it? Why did it happen? To be fair, for tonight, I don't know. It looked all right. It looked very good at the training ground. It looked very good uh, in last few games. We were getting some players back from the back in the shape and all that, but uh, you're right. We didn't. We didn't look good enough. When we spoke to David Sullivan before the game, with regard to yourself, he said, "Look, he'll be here till the end of the season, unless it becomes a desperate." What they, what they're gonna do? You know, it is their decision. All that I'm saying is like. Uh, in one hand, I've been, we've been in these situations before, and we get out. We we get out of that. On the other hand, I'm, I'm I'm of course as a manager, you are taking the credit, and also as a manager, you are you are taking. He might say, "Time's up for you this time." Well, I'm not worried. Uh, I'm not worried at all about it. To be fair, uh, I'm doing my best. But as you said, when you lose against Brighton, Fringle home in a ho in a game that's. Mm, it's not must must win. It's not that stage of the season, to be fair. But it was very, very important game for us, and we didn't make it. Can you get better out of this group of players? Well, I always believe in myself. That's that's not a question. You know, I, I'm a fighter, uh, but it's not my decision. What do you think of that, John? I haven't listened to it. <laughs> I'm not fair enough. enough. <laughs> well, you know what he it. said. Uh, oh, it's just. I take full responsibility. 
I've heard some of it on the radio since when I mean I've heard lots so much stuff on the radio it's ridiculous isn't it but yeah I, I haven't listened to it there's a lot so. there's a lot of stuff on the radio yeah uh yeah, Sean is, what is the right. latest on <laughs> what is the latest on the gaffer then you've introduced him as the soon to be ex gaffer do you know something we don't and should well, he stay or should he go should he stay or should he go well we did a, a, <laughs> did a that so a, well. uh, that was like the clash were in the room there. Yeah. So we did a poll, Clarence Hugh, 3,000. Uh, you know, the vast majority, I forget what it was now, 79% want him gone immediately. Only 10% want to give him to Palace like uh, Nigel. Um, 5% want to give him to uh, January. Another 4%, I think, um, want to give him to the end of the season, whatever's left, want to give him a new contract. So, um, I, look, the, the fans want him gone, but but the senior source close to uh, the board says they won't do so until they've got a replacement, which is uh, at least better than what they've got already. So they believe that no one is available. You know, you can throw names out there, and but no one's available. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ancelotti is not available, he has said. Mourinho. He wants 10, 10 months. Mourinho is not available. Oh. Klopp. <laughs> He's not available. Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is not available. Johnny Lowe. You'd better... <laughs> Johnny Lowe is dead. Can we dig him up? He, no, you, you wouldn't. You'd better get Brendan Rodgers out of Celtic. I've no doubt about that. Why'd you say that? Look, look, look. All right, let's be honest, right? We ain't going to pay loads of compensation. That's not what DS does. We don't need right? to pay compensation at all. We don't. Alan we're not going to pay. Look, I think it's quite. I think it's quite disrespectful what you're saying about Lyle Nigel. I hate to pick you up on this as a Surrey boy, but I think you should apologise. <laughs> Harry Redknapp. <laughs> Harry Redknapp will not be employed by. Sam Sam Allardyce is a possibility. (laughs) I have been told, and and I've got a lot of stick for this, and I wish it wasn't true, but Sam Allardyce is a possible, as a short-term replacement. I think he would tell us. don't lie. Your life will change again. You'll get the allardyce grand book in the back. (laughs) Do you know what? What shocked me, over 2,000 people voted on another poll I did over the weekend, and over 59% said they would accept Sam Allardyce back. What do you think about that then, Nigel? Mugs, the lot of them. That's what I think. <laughs> I Absolute mugs. I was talking to your friend in America oh, yeah. uh, 
David and John Hotsink. Sorry? <laughs> 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 he's gonna send me another video because i can't remember his name david h um and and he said that him and john would stop supporting west ham if sam allardyce becomes um west ham manager again but you know what even hugh and 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 I, he's one of probably sam allardyce's biggest haters said to me yesterday that he would accept if it was a choice of oh Sam Allardyce some people I'll tell you or Slaven Bilic he would accept Slaven Flip Bilic flop fan. And, um, well what would you alright we know Nigel's view I want to ask you John and you George would, Sam Allardyce would you accept him back just to the end of the season who are you John? asking me no I'll go wouldn't. for it I mean I just I mean the whole thing needs a little bit putting in context doesn't it I mean, you, I, I agree that Slaven Bilic hasn't covered himself in glory. He's been playing Hernandez out here. He's been doing whatever. And, but I mean, he's been undermined at every turn. He's been publicly humiliated by our ownership. There must be so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And I'm, you probably get told it from one point of view because you get told from your senior source. But, I get told by a number of senior sources, by the way, and a number of other... I correlate it with a number of things. It's not just from one point of all view. All right, well, I mean, it must be an absolute nightmare for him to try and manage his club. He came out and said at the beginning of the season, he based most of his thing around, around the Carvalho deal. He was offered alternatives, but he was pretty much told he would get his number one target, which was Carvalho. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been... There's so many things that go on. We just, we just kind of imagine what he has to deal with to be honest so right, he hasn't done or covered himself in glory like I said with playing this player out of position or falling out or whatever it is but the whole thing needs to be looked in the context of what's going on plus the fact that his contract is due at the end of the season they clearly weren't going to renew it he's a lame duck manager sat there ready to get the boot and then now he's not they're not performing for him he should be gone in real terms because he's, he's had such crap performances that, you know, they, they've got every right now to probably get rid of him, yet they still haven't got a bloody clue who to change him with. They haven't got anyone yeah, lined I, up. I, I agree with that. That is You're ridiculous right. to have some to have a contract running at I the end agree. of the season we, and not knowing who to replace him with is absolutely ridiculous. They're incompetent and we, they should just fuck off. Oh, ho, ho. That bit. But I agree that they should. I agree they should have had something in place. I think they knew at the beginning of the season they weren't they had to replace him and they should have had someone lined up. So I agree. I don't agree with the F off bit at the end. I think that's rather strong. But, um, you know, they, they've got to have some criticism. But By is, the way, is this just not for the just record, another example that it's just all getting a bit too big and scary for them. I think they're a little bit cautious with their money. And, and part of this might be that they don't want to pay the compensation. I've worked out, by the way, um, Slaven Bilic is paid around three million pound a year. If you work it out, he's got about two point two five million left in wages. So if they sack him now, they have to pay him two point two five million in compensation. Okay. There's, I know there's been rumours and stories about he offered to resign, but but only to the players and only saying, well, if you don't want me anymore, I'll go to the players. At no point has he offered his resignation to the board or David Sullivan and said, I'll go, because. I don't know. I think they would have taken it because oh, no compensation. We we snap your hands off. So, I, I um, I, he's not stupid, right? He's he's got a degree in law and speaks nine languages or whatever. He he's not going to fall on his sword. He's going to get his money, and and if that means he waits out for his two point two five million, and obviously it goes down each month, then I think he he wait it out. But he he knows that he's gone at the end of the season. Yeah, and they he know he's gone he's at So how can they yeah. be in this position now? Well, they haven't got a clue to a point. I don't know. They like uh, they like Sean Dice. Um, he's on three million, by the way. He's just got a mega deal. Next so level on manager. Well, Sean Dice is all right, isn't he? Next level manager. Yeah, I can see us getting in the top. Um, Ronald Koeman is on six million pound a year. And by the way, if you start looking Mancini, I don't know if you saw the the article I did. I mean, you're you're talking. Ancelotti's on like 12.5 million, he was at Bayern Munich. And Mancini, is it Mancini who's in China? He's on 10 million pound a year. I'll call him Mancini and he's in Russia. Mancini, in Russia, you're right. Uh, who, who's in um, 
Who's in? Is it Pellegrini that's in China? Yes. Yeah. But I mean, we we pay three million pound a year, the same as Sean Dyche. Are we are we ready to pay mega money for so a manager? What, I would say were, not. Put it this way: Were Southampton ready to pay mega money when they like replaced their managers and then did a bit of actual bit of pre-planning and sent scouts out and did a bit of whatever and then came up with um, what's his name at Tottenham now? You know. Uh, Pochettino. Pochettino, yeah. So, yeah. You know, you, I mean, he you, wasn't on the you, lot. You don't have to go out and get the one who's just won the pre, um, won the league in another country or the person yeah. who's just... You just have to go out and do a bit of... Get people out there looking and do a bit of work and effort and sort of scout a manager. So why yeah. are they not doing that? Why is that not I don't not know. Happening? Mancini, by the way, just looking four and a half million euros a year, so maybe he's a bit affordable... Uh, it's, it's Pellegrini that's on the, the 10 million and Ancelotti on 12.6 million. Uh, Benitez is, is on 4.2 million and I don't think he'll come to us. I think he's going to wait out and see um, what happens at Newcastle there, with there, a new there owner. There is another model in the Premier League though that perhaps we've not looked at and it's the Watford model. And I, I read it today and the reason I read it was funny because it was Scott Duxbury if, if we all remember him. <laughs> really? I remember him. And <gasps> don't uh, yeah. allegedly Sorry, said I'll by Nigel, by the way, more Alleged than just the podcast, and um, making no suggestion that Mr. Duxbury was a crook, is a crook, or will ever be a crook in the future. Possibly a crook. I don't know. He may not be a crook. I'm only guessing Tevez. Um, anyway, Watford go through managers like they're smarties, basically. Every year they have a different manager. But what they don't do is they don't change the coaching setup. So everything is geared towards if a manager leaves, he's gone, we bring another one in, nothing changes, the continuity. And perhaps that's the problem where clubs like West Ham and Everton and everybody else should be perhaps looking at that model. That if you get, say, say Slavon Bilic at West Ham in the top seven every year, the likelihood is he'll be poached by a bigger club. So he would leave us. And if he's crap, he gets sacked and we're stuck in a rut. Where What Watford have realised is if we appoint managers short term, they realise that no manager lasts more than two or three seasons anyway. So if we just keep doing that, but keep the coaching and, and a system of play set by the coaching staff continuous throughout, then it actually it don't exactly matter who the coach is. And if you look back to when they come in the Premier League, they've changed manager after manager and they've got better and better and better. But then at the moment when they're thinking about getting rid of Slav now, one of the reasons they're not doing it because they don't trust any of the coaching staff to step into the... Yeah, but that's Slav's coaching yeah. staff. That's Slav's coaching staff. So yeah, well, no, Terry goes, Wesley's they all not, go but... And they're left with no one. Um, Terry Wesley... Um... I originally thought might get a caretaker role, but since I found out, you know, they didn't think he did very well at Derby, and he hasn't got the skill set to take over. And that he's there, Terry Wesley, very much was he, a, was he manager at Derby? He had something to do with Derby. I don't know what, but that's that's what I was told. Let's hope we don't listen to this then. <laughs> I saw him on Sunday when I did my um my visit to uh, the under twenty three, showing a little bit of loyal support of me. Yeah, it was a good game. <laughs> do you know what you say yeah. that and I know you're only joking what <laughs> bloody was a good game just there was no goals Martin has a minutes of football and not one goal to cheer that's, that's, yeah. that's well Nine, done yeah Martin has scored 26 goals in 23 appearances but you none on that. my watch yeah. yeah but I tell you what Declan Rice what a player when you see him up close right at the thing he is absolutely immense and I, I can't believe that um, he's not playing but again I don't think um, without telling tales out of school Terry Wesley and Slavin Billage do not get on one little bit I hear and there's a real problem between the uh, the academy and, and uh, the main team that's because he's going to nick his job I don't think so so moving on um, I, th- I haven't seen the clip but I understand that our owner David Sullivan or co-owner David Sullivan did a pre-match interview on Sky Sports is that correct? He did. 
and within that he cited a poll that says that 95% of the fans are happy with the stadium. Well, I don't think he cited a poll. He just said 95% of people. He was asked about whether people got used to the new stadium. And off the top of his head, um, I've seen a transcript to it. I haven't seen the actual video. He said 95% of the supporters are happy. Has anyone here seen the video? No, no we're all at the game. Oh, great. We're all at the game. But, but I have seen a transcript <laughs> of it. I mean, it's been reported widely. Uh, he also said, by Put the way, before the game, I haven't managed to find it. He also said that no one, that Slavin Pilic was going nowhere to the end of the season. And, uh, you know, so what What a thing just to say just before that game. But what's he supposed to say? Well, if we lose... The I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have agreed to do the interview in the first place. If well, it yeah, but that's, that's them. I mean, if it was the top of his head, it didn't have far to come, did it, to be fair? But, um... So... So I know I know this ninety five. So <laughs> that's that's really unfair. <laughs> it all just goes past you, Sean, doesn't it? You just <laughs> <laughs> I've done a West Ham football poll tonight. Just in the last hour, I've had over one thousand one hundred and twenty votes, which is slightly a few more than than the, the KUMB poll on the same subject. You've got more polls well, than barking. You know that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. More polls and string fellows would have been better. Or not topical, though. Oh, that was a drum roll, at least. <laughs> That's tumbleweed. We haven't got a tumbleweed sound effect, but... Do you want to read out the results of my, my this evening's poll on how many people are happy with the London Stadium, Nigel? To be honest, Sean, I'm not... Sh- oh, Nigel, sorry. What are you going to ask me to do? I'm not sure. Nigel. I wanted to steal your thunder. Well, you want me to read it out? Yeah. Well, I've got to find it now, haven't I? That's right, right in, on, in front of you. Oh, it's 1,149 now. Oh, right. So, basically, uh, <laughs> it looks a bit furry, but it's 27% are happy with the stadium. That includes Obviously, me. they don't go. And then 73% are not happy with the stadium. So, with a margin of error, he might have got that one wrong, our chairman. But you just said that includes you, Sean. I t- yeah, I'm in the 27%. I disagree with you. Oh no! Well, I wasn't happy. There's no, been you're many right, occasions you're right. where you're not happy with the match experience. I many, am. You're, you are right. You are right to shout me out on that because I wasn't happy on Friday night, and there's plenty of times I haven't been. And sometimes I forget that I'm just following the the club message completely. And sometimes you have to put me right and go. You're not happy, Sean. Some of the time. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me, John. So, did you vote happy with it on your own poll, though? No, 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 you can't vote on your... When you do a Twitter poll, you can't vote on your own one. Yeah, but you've so got more than one vote. user. Well, come on in, you can tell us now. What? Well, what would you have voted? I would have voted, as from my, my last experience at the London Stadium, not happy with the stadium. Oh. Now, I would but, say to that, you've only got yourself to blame because you wanted to go there in the first place. Oh, that's a bit harsh. You've, you've upset said, me now. I would have said to that, though, a lot of us have to put up with it because we would have had no choice no matter what we tried to do. As you know, well, no, Nigel, you tried everything in your power. It made no difference. Yeah, that is true. I, I, won't, I won't dispute that. But they were going to take us no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. They just did, did what they were just. They just followed a procedure to make everyone look like they did it. Shall we hear what our listeners have got to say? Yeah. Uh, Nigel posted on the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast. Uh, is that your first post on the po- on the Facebook group, Nigel? Yeah, I'll, short and sweet, to the point. Congra- yeah, I'm glad someone else is doing some other, some work as Congra- well. As congratulations. Me. congratulations. It's good to be part of the team. Thank you. I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> it's just uh, just you and Nigel, Sean. Yeah. It's not me every week. You have to fix the edit because of your rubbish internet. <laughs> that is true. That is uh, true. Podcasting tonight at around seven. Rant away in the comment section. Uh, we're going to start with Darren Kitching, who says, if Bidic is sacked, his natural successor should be the 70-year-old Croatian handball trainer. <laughs> we're in Avram territory again, sadly. Everything looks unplanned, shaky and amateur. I'm all for stability and giving people time, but the fact Martinez wasn't even given a bench roll on Friday night was the last straw for me. AU is too much. 
think Shedman said it best in the last podcast. They should take the, they should take the academy badge away. <laughs> we should call him Shedman. I like that. I have just retweeted on the at more TGA podcast Twitter a picture of Nigel that he's taken of himself in his shed. Um, if you want to go and have a look at that, I'm in my shed. Um, Ed Hughes says, if it's true that Slav offered his resignation after the Newcastle loss, what's the logic behind keeping a man who considers himself unsuitable to the task? Well, I think that's not true. We've, we've deciphered, haven't we, Sean? He, well, he, he offered. There's one thing. offering. It's not resignation, is it? You offer, you say, if you don't want me, I'll go to your players. Is not the same as the resignation, in my view. But the, yeah, So that's what he said? Yeah. That's not mm-hmm. resignation, is it? No. Telling your players no. in the dressing room, if you don't want me, I'll leave, is not a resignation in my view. No. no, no Toby Fisher says, would would rather we had players with less talent or experience who play for the shirt, show hunger, have heart and passion and care about our club? He has youth players in mind. What are our thoughts? Um, we've been there before, which was totally acceptable at the bowling. But now we're on to the next level. I don't think it would be acceptable. I think it's all about the mix, isn't it? The blend of the youth and the hunger and the the can, more experience and maybe flair players. I can just what, what I can say is after watching the under twenty threes on Sunday, the only player that stood out that making the first team was Declan Rice. Um uh Martinez had a very poor game against a, against a very poor Chelsea side. And I tell you what, if the rest of the team played like that there's no way. This was a poor under-23 Chelsea side who haven't won in like five games. It was their first clean sheet in three games. And and Martinez couldn't score, didn't do anything special. And I thought, if, if you play like that, there's no way you're getting in the team. By the way, I'm told Slav never comes to watch the under-23s. It's because he doesn't get on with his counterpart. Under-23 football's rubbish anyway because they're playing against kids their own age. So you don't get the gauge. How will they do? Yeah. Tom, on, Tom Underwood asked a similar question. Why was Martinez not even on the bench? If he can't get on the bench against Brighton when we have one other fit striker, what does that say about his future? He does ask, who yep. would we pick to replace Bilic? So just quickly, one, if you had a choice, one answer each. Ronald Koeman. Chris Coleman. Um, I'm not answering. Until Bilic is gone, I won't discuss replacement oh. uh, and nine, oh, sorry you have to say one as well George I think I think the shout of Brendan Rodgers is a good one ok Ed Hawthorne says it seems like our board is happy to have us flirt with relocation and give up on the season to save a few pounds what does Slav have to do to get sacked before the end of the season or lose against Spurs and Palace I think mm-hmm. Um. Sergei Noviish says six episodes later same question swap Bilic for Pardew today won't happen Pardew is not considered I mean apart from uh, no I can't say that players wives um, <laughs> you, it won't happen allegedly I'm told allegedly it won't happen well, allegedly ben it won't happen, or it, won't happen? <laughs> it won't happen oh, well. the allegedly bit was the random word I said players wives which had no relation to the person I just talked to oh, okay. over on twitter at more TGA podcast Ben Ashwellford says so much for Mark Noble saying we aren't run like a circus anymore will we ever have a sustained period of a team to be proud of Nigel I'm sure you're going to argue that we have in the past well, I don't know actually. When you look at West under Lou Macari, no. When you look at West Ham, <laughs> actually, the only period of success was realistically between 1964 and 1980. That's when we won all our trophies. So, when you weren't even born, oh well, I was born in between that period. So, but that's the only time we've seen real success. So probably so not. We very right, rarely have a sustained one... team that's a sustained team to be proud of every very rarely when I mean, we have that good season and then a couple of, we, that's, all, that's the West Ham way we have one yeah, good season go. and then we just and I, I honestly I didn't mean Chris Coleman I just threw that out there I thought I'd get shouted down um, uh, Stat Attack did you know 
Um, Ronald Koeman at Southampton had a 48% win ratio. The best win ratio any West Ham manager's ever had is Nigel. Billy Bonds. But Billy Bonds, 43%. Hold up, minute for rebuttal. Go on. That includes second-tier football. Billich has not had second-tier football. He's only had top-tier football. Fair point, fair point. That's it for Facebook to the question time. So that's all that's left is predictions for Spurs and Palace. Spurs could be dangerous, in my opinion. Even, yeah, you're, even, you're not even going now, I've are been, you? Uh, you're not even going. I've, yeah, I'm not going now. Yeah. Um, I Fair think enough. even even with a second string team, Tottenham could give us a good beating. I'm going to go one nil Spurs to us, and I'm going to go. What? Yeah, 1-0 Spurs win. to us. Yeah, we're going to beat Spurs at Wembley. Uh, and then we're going to go on a double. And we're going to win 1-0 away in Selhurst Park to Palace. And then uncertainty will reign for the next rest of the season. Because he's won two games just in the scrappiest of ways. And nothing will be resolved. John? Um, I reckon we'll lose 2 0 to Spurs, and I reckon we'll lose 1 0 to Palace. Nigel? I reckon we'll lose to Spurs, because I reckon we'll put out a second string team. But I think we'll do Palace. They're nothing. We ain't much, but we're still better than they're nothing. <laughs> I'm going to go for who'd, a 3 1. Who did Palace tear apart? Palace. Who did oh, Palace tear apart Chelsea. last game? No, let's go. Sorry, George, carry on. 3-1 Spurs. 2-1 West Ham against Palace. Cool. That's it. Let's hope so. Thank you for listening to Morton's podcast. 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 I have been George. Sean has been... Um, Happy. John has been... Annoyed. Nigel has been... Shedman. Shipman. Shipman. <laughs> Thanks for Shipman. listening. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Bye. Come on, you irons. Bye. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 